Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Oh, hello. What? Hmm? Well, yes, I suppose it is. It is after lunch. I... promised you on Twitter that I had some great audio for you, and I do. Uh, you, can, you can have it in a bit. But first this. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I, I really love this. Um, this is uh, a review of a review. Uh, it's the Integrated Review of Security, Defence, Development and Foreign Policy. It was published on Tuesday. It's called Global Britain in a Competitive Age. Yes, how unusual. Do you remember when uh, we had complete global cooperation and everyone worked together? God, it was brilliant, wasn't it? Um, uh, Julie has taken the trouble to read all of this uh, and I'm going to read out what she sent to me verbatim because I think it's really good um, so uh, she says in the forward from Boris it pretty much sets the standard for the bluster complete with the build back better awful alliteration and complete with a sports analogy I do love a sports analogy you know, I'm, I'm, I'm back of the net, sports analogies. Um, a sports analogy of being, quote, match fit for a competitive world. Uh, Julie observes, words are highlighted for our collective eyes to hone in on, because quite frankly, who's going to really read through a 114-page document, especially when we've got the 296-page anti-protest bill to look at? For Julie, it poses as many questions as it answers. Protecting our people, more alliteration, takes us into defence and foreseeing 10,000 fewer soldiers in the army and saying we need to look at Britain's nuclear posture. Oh, you've got terrible nuclear posture. Stop, stop your nuclear slouching. It set a cap on 260 warheads. That's an increase of 40% on the old one. And perhaps we need to question why this is. If we recognise that, quote, cyber power is revolutionaries, it's nice that. It's like mayonnaise, but it's a little bit more sort of rowdy. Cyber power is revolutionising the way we live our lives and fight our wars, just as air power did 100 years ago. OK, and we need a national cyber force. Uh, why do we need increased nuclear capabilities? Uh, maybe it's because there's someone fond of cyber attacks in the Kremlin. Um... In 1968, the then Defence Secretary, Dennis Healy, he of the eyebrows, that's a joke for the teenagers, uh, announced the UK's retreat from the Indo-Pacific region. 
it's, it's interesting that in May, the new aircraft carrier, HMS Queen Elizabeth, the Queen! Need I say more? Yes, I do. She is the fit. And its fleet will deploy in partnership with the US to the Indian Ocean. Why, you may ask? I think I do. Why? Well, a very British tilt, commissioned by the think tank Policy Exchange, which stressed the importance of the region, described the Indian and Pacific Oceans, along with the inner seas and vast bays, as, quote, the integrated pathways vital to the global economy, linking Europe and the Western Hemisphere with the world's workshops. Charming! Wowzers! You, you're the world's workshop. You're the global sweatshop, and you should be grateful for it, because you don't want to end up in the world's workhouse, do you? The report suggests that the freedom to Indo-Pacific trade has been made possible by Brexit. Oh, well, that's, I mean, that's, I suppose that's, you know. Instead of having to find a solution acceptable to the 28 member states of the EU, we can jolly well do what we want. But this is a false implication, because it's not the case. Both France and Germany have already set out Indo-Pacific strategies. So Julie's left wondering, well, now we only have our bargaining power, rather than uh, being part of a union, are we up the Suez without a paddle? I don't know. You know, what have we got to offer? Do you want to buy a mini metro? Beijing is already getting pretty peeved at the UK with, a state, me with state media accusing European powers of, quote, contributing to the US anti-China stratagems especially as France and Germany are also deploying warships to the area this year. Yeah, I mean, is that sort of... Are we talking about trade or are we just kind of intimidating? I don't... Mm, I don't know. So this is where the hunt for new markets may clash with British values. I mean, there's British values. There's British values. There's the ones we think we have. China is such a global powerhouse in the area. The UK wants to get involved with that. Uh, and there is a dichotomy between its appalling human rights record, remember weaker? You don't need it, it's happening now. Uh, and the need for us to look after the UK economy and its citizens. Yes, we really must. There's a theme of championing international rules and norms while the EU takes the UK to court for violating its own Brexit deal. Yes, aren't we little scabs? The report also looks to prevention, stating that we will bolster our national resilience with a new situation centre at the heart of government, whatever that may be, uh, improving our use of data and our ability to respond to future crises, even though we're, we're not investing in a cyber. Are we not? So, okay. But this doesn't fill Julie with pride or relief because ultimately it's about the decisions that the government makes. There's a new story out today that shows that because full lockdown didn't happen until the 4th of January, instead of pre-Christmas, when there was an increase in fast-rising cases, 27,000 extra people died. Julie's read that an inside source says delay can be traced back to a September summit at number 10, attended by two noted anti-lockdown academics. So it's possible even more lives could have been saved. Uh, Julie, thank you so much for all of that. Uh, I had a quick look at it. I, I just skipped to the bit about the environment, which didn't crop up until I think something like page 92. Um, not not an awful lot to say. They uh, they boast that uh, in the last uh, five years they've spent six billion pounds on the environment. Um, Dido Harding's track and trace. What are we? Thirty seven. Thirty seven billion. Managed to cough up for that. 
And when it's claimed that the environment could cost us uh, over the next 20 or 30 years, 10 trillion uh, in costs, may, 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 maybe it's worth spending a little bit more on that. Um, anyway, they've pledged another two. They're going to spend two billion a year on the environment, uh, which is great. Um, 60 billion on defense annually. Cool. Thanks so much. Um, Julie, thanks so much for that. That was a uh, really, really ace uh, bit of writing there. I appreciate it. Uh, I've got some nice news for you, uh, which is uh, Reddit investors. You know those cheeky scamps, cheeky monkeys, you could call them, uh, who did the uh, pumping of the uh, computer GameStop, wasn't it? The secondhand uh, game shop that was uh, going for a nosedive. Well, um, Reddit's Wall Street Bets community in six days uh, have invested in something new, something pretty different. Three and a half thousand gorillas. Where am I going to put three and a half? Uh, they've adopted three and a half thousand gorillas. Isn't that amazing? Um, the Diane Fossey Gorilla Fund International, a charity for the protection of endangered mountain gorillas, uh, has also received $350,000 in donations. That's fantastic, isn't it? Uh, the president, Dr. Tara Stowinski, says they've truly made a difference for our world. Hey, that's great. Loving that. Um, I, I'm really loving this kind of gorilla gorilla investing nice to have some slightly happier news isn't it malcolm says uh, hi jake and the yappy dogs your story about sibelius five see i need to get much more in with the the classical jargon sib five chike five uh, reminds me of a story i was told about the golden garter in withenshaw in manchester okay it's always been a rough place, but for some reason had a club that attracted all the big cabaret circuit stars. It also had a waitress service, so the stars weren't disturbed by the comings and goings of thirsty manx heading to the bar. One balmy evening, Shirley Bassey was treating them to a fine view of her tonsils and was on the last song of the night. People were calling the waitress over to settle their bill as Shirley wobbled her way through my way. She'd got to the last line and had sung, I did it! and had paused to take a dramatic big breath for the final my wait when someone near the front of the room having just seen his bill shouted how much <laughs> her last words were drowned out by general hilarity all round apparently she was not a happy welsh bunny keep up the good work matt thank you very much for that story i love that if you've got any concert interruption stories i'm all over those I like those. It's not today at swanburst.com. Have you ever been in a concert that's been interrupted? What interrupted it? Why and what? How was it resolved? I'd love to know. Neil. Hi, Jake. And the yappiness, yappiness, the greatest... Good Lord. I've got another movie I haven't seen yet. Have I gone too far? Is this boring for you yet? No. No, I like... I'm glad you're keeping it going. Other people are a bit slow on the uptake on this one. He writes, Audrey Hepburn plays Tiffany a cafe owner situated inside a metal shipping container on the A38 between Litchfield and Barton under Needwood. <laughs> she provides the hauliers driving past with snacks, cups of tea and sexual tension as she cooks, dropping fag ash into their meals and scratching her backside with the spatula. George Peppard is the truck driver hauling Pollock from Grimsby. Oh, I haven't hauled Pollock in a long time. But as we all know, the need for fresh fish is paramount to the economy and therefore needs to drive his load right up the country as early as he can. The issue with Pollock is that it sweats if left too long in a non-refrigerated lorry. You must be careful not to let it spoil. 
Worst thing ever, of course, is to have sweaty pollocks as you drive across country. Unfortunately, Tiffany does not open until 11am. Think of all the passing trades she's missing out on as she languishes in her bed rolling fags with her nicotine-stained fingers. George says, no more, shall we not have an early meal before 11? Enough with the usual Mackie D's. These trucking bad boys need a good sausage to fill their aching holes. The customers urge Tiffany to open earlier, therefore providing the happy truckers with breakfast at Tiffany's. Thank you, Neil. I enjoyed all of that very much. Um, that's it for today. Uh, thank you very much indeed for being here. Thanks to Julie for that great uh, analysis. I, I appreciate that. Next time, uh, we're, we're going to get you on properly as a, as a senior uh, correspondent. Why don't you become the media editor? You could be the Amol Rajan of the podcast. But before I go, I did promise you this. Now, hmm. Martin Roberts has a YouTube channel. Uh, if you're listening, Martin, we love you. I'm saying that safe in the knowledge that there's not a chance. And uh, we 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 watch some on the watch along, I think, uh, me and the, the Patreons. And uh, he does a thing called uh, Ask Martin Mondays, hashtag, I think, uh, Ask Martin Mondays, uh, where he takes your questions on property development. Um... We kind of took over that with a, a very, very subtle way of indicating to listeners of this podcast and long-term listeners, really, uh, that, that, that it, was, it was us. And it's he answered all the questions in his latest video. And he, here he is answering just one or two, uh, perhaps names you'll recognise, uh, and certainly, certainly a theme emerging to the bemusement and smiling fury of Martin Roberts. Right, anyway. Julie Prunes, great name. Hello, Julie. I've just renovated my first house, and because my husband has been furloughed, he's been involved. Good use of your time. He thinks we should decorate the living room in chocolate and orange as a statement for buyers, but I think it should be totally neutral. Tell him I'm right. Julie Prunes, you are right. Now, there is nothing per se wrong with an orange and brown living room, but it's not going to be everyone's taste if you're going to sell it. Then you really want to keep everything as unpersonal as possible. Nobody's going to not buy a house because it, the living room is painted magnolia. They may well be slightly put off in those first few minutes when you've got to grab them and say, yeah, this is ours for us, by a bright orange lounge. So what is the point? What's the risk? What's the point? What is the point? Yeah. And, and next question. There's another orange and brown question. What is going on with orange and brown, right? Egg Steve. Hello, Egg Steve. Hi, Martin. Looking back on the 70s and how the brown and orange decor in houses is now considered to be pretty dreadful. Well, there you go. There you are. Exactly. Are there any decorating habits people have today that you think history might also not be too kind to? Mm. Isn't it? Jane Fowler. Hello, Jane. My son has a Jaffa cake themed room. He's obsessed. What is it with this, with this orange and brown we had loads of orange and brown room questions last time but anyway he's got a jaffa cake themed bedroom he's obsessed what with jaffa cakes i guess okay that means orange and brown right should we redecorate it before putting our house to the market stay safe and say yes but is it worth it if a potential buyer doesn't like jaffa cakes then maybe they don't deserve our lovely house anyway well i agree i mean if you don't like jaffa cakes you are you know i'm sorry but um who well i guess there are people who don't like jaffa cakes but what's not to like about jaffa cake Wow, it's one of my favourites. I presume your son's room is brown and orange, which really isn't to everyone's taste. So I would probably redecorate it or make fun of it, as in 
fun with it when people come round. But you really are trying to depersonalise the house before you sell it, so I would probably go with liquor paint. Gordon Bennett, Bartlett, Gordon Bennett, Gordon Bartlett, hi Gordon. Hi Martin, your many years hosting one of the country's leading property programmes has, in my opinion, made you an oracle when it comes to the buy-to-let market. My question is, how many Jaffa cakes can you fit in your mouth? What is it with Jaffa cakes this week? It's a very good question and I love the preamble. You know how to get me, right? I reckon, although I've never tried it, I think four would probably be about the max. I think any more, I just start to get a bit difficult to breathe. So I would guess, although I'm not going to do it, four. And I love the question. Thank you. There's something going on here. Pablo's Vault of Horror. You'll see why in a minute. I'm buying an end terraced house with a past issue of subsidence. All sorted, apparently. Would it be worth getting a surveyor in to reassess it? <laughs> if so, what type of Jaffa cakes should I offer them when they come round? I had my own the new cherry ones. Cherry Jaffa cakes? Really? Really? You, you, you can't fiddle with a Jaffa cake surely going back to your question about subsidence if it's been sorted out and you've got some sort of certificate from the builder who did it then you should be fine um, if for peace of mind and 500 quid yes get a surveyor in to look at that specifically and if they come round, stick with traditional Jaffa cakes enough of Jaffa cakes already <laughs> you are all terrible it was brilliant um, he's doing a live one, but I feel like he's too fragile. I don't think we should do that again. Like, I feel like he's on the edge. I feel like we need to be gentle with Martin. Let's love Martin now. I don't know how we do that, but we will. Maybe we could do a Reddit thing. We could we could buy him like a gorilla. Anyway, <laughs> see you tomorrow. Lots of love. Bye-bye. This has been a Swanburst Media production. 